All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast for Pentecost Sunday, May 28th. Hope you're all doing well. Thank you so much for supporting uh, our community in the ways that you do and for all the really great feedback lately on these uh, episodes. And of course, our conversations on Sundays have been really lovely. And uh, yeah, Kelly and I just want to thank you. It's We find this to be really beautiful work, and we're extremely get grateful to have uh, your support and to have a community that's willing to talk about life and faith and spirituality, deconstruction, politics, everything else uh, through these biblical texts. And um, next week is Pride Sunday, so it's the first of our three summer services. Pride Sunday is always a really important day for us. So if you're in town next Sunday, June 4th, Pride, Pride Sunday, please join us. Uh, we'll have breakfast tacos. I'd love to see you there. Uh, after that, we will be off on Sundays until J- July 9th. Uh, where we'll have our Sunday morning retreat, and then we'll be on Zoom throughout the summer uh, on Wednesdays at 7. So uh, we found through the years that most folks during the summer uh, need more flexibility with scheduling, so we're going to try Wednesday nights on Zoom this summer, 7 p.m., and then we'll have, like I said, three uh, summer services. And yeah, let's get into this uh, Pentecost text. Uh, I've really enjoyed being in the, the Gospel of John the last several weeks, so We're going to continue that in John 20, starting in verse 19. When it was evening that day, the first day of the week, the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and then the disciples rejoiced that they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. The Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The word of the Lord. All right. So, as I said, I've really enjoyed uh, going through uh, the Gospel of John the past few weeks as we've explored uh, both the, the mystical and the political dimensions of John's Jesus, particularly through uh, his I am statements, which we talked about, uh, trying to grasp something uh, really deeply true about what Jesus is saying about being and reality and making these connections to uh, who the Johannine community saw Jesus to be as I am, recalling uh, the, the, the name of God in the Hebrew scriptures, I am who I am. We've We've talked about God through this uh, particular framework um, and how you know Marcus Borg calls this God uh, the more. Um, some call this God ground of being. James Finley calls uh, this God the groundless ground. Merton referred to God as uh, the personal and loving, ineffable mystery. The personal and lovable, ineffable mystery. Uh, last week, Kelly's podcast, lovely, was called Return to You. And I kind of want to continue... Uh, down this road and uh, call this podcast uh, with you. Because on the day of Pentecost, we're given this opportunity to really contemplate uh, and embody um, what Jesus means and what uh, the Christian tradition means when it talks about the uh, presence of God in the presence of the Spirit. And we have this really interesting story uh, to talk about this through uh, with the Gospel of John, this, uh, this divine breath, this presence which I think we'll see has all these um, personal and political dimensions. Uh, And I kind of want to get a little bit more into the kind of communal and political dimensions, um, 
maybe rather than uh, some of the more uh, personal aspects of how uh, this text could be read symbolically. So maybe, maybe that's for another year. Um, so in our Pentecost scripture, this, this John 20 text, we, we read a lesser spoken about story when it comes to Pentecost because Acts is usually the primary text. But here, John's version, which I have to admit has, for, even me, for me even, has kind of gone really sort of unexamined or unnoticed in some respects. Uh, but I, the more I read this text this week, I'm like, oh, this is a really important and fascinating text. Because as you probably noticed in John's version, Jesus is, is present with the disciples in a really uh, unique way, offering his spirit in what uh, the scholar Bruno Barnhart calls uh, the second creation, the second creation. The first creation, uh, God you know, breathes, uh, God forms man from the dust and breathes life into his nostrils. And here, the resurrection, <coughs> excuse me, the resurrected Christ uh, breathes uh, onto the disciples his spirit. So here, let's just uh, maybe examine the setting really quick um, because the setting is important. After the crucifixion, we find the disciples um, locked away for what the text says, fear the Jews. Essentially, fear of those who are responsible for unspeakable, unspeakable violence. We know that the community um, surrounding the writing of the Gospel of John would have also been disenfranchised, living on the margins of their social and religious settings. So in many respects, it's understandable that this text emerges, the story emerges within the context of the community in, that was responsible for writing the Gospel of John, uh, because the doors are locked. And we can imagine uh, the ways in which the Johannine community writing this Gospel related to the experience of fear because of their marginalization. So in this setting, the resurrected Christ appears and speaks of peace, speaks of his, his presence, and then shows the disciples his wounds. It has all these um, symbolic aspects to this particular text. And then he literally breathes the Spirit onto them, invites them to go out into the world and forgive. So maybe we can try to break uh, this story down into um, some of its parts and see if we can sort of see ourselves and see uh, our context, particularly um, within this within this framework. So, you know, it's interesting. Why does Jesus speak of peace when he enters? And perhaps, as we mentioned, uh, he knows the context, the understandable isolation and fear uh, that the disciples found themselves in, in a society that inflicts violence on on those who are diminished in a particular uh, time and place. Peace here is both. Uh, a personal and intimate reassurance, uh, thinking back on uh, Merton's definition of God. So it's personal and intimate. It's a reassurance from a friend. Uh, and it's also a radical statement, uh, political statement of solidarity. Peace be with you. In a system attempting to inflict its violence upon you. Peace be with you. So here it gives all the kind of dimension, symbolic dimensions from a personal Aside, maybe we can talk about that on on Sunday. But Jesus showing his wounds offers uh, another depth of his love and solidarity with the wounded and suffering under oppression and violence of Rome. So this is um, showing his wounds to his disciples, revealing uh, that he too has been wounded um, by the violent systems, and then also a message of solidarity with those communities who are still being hurt 
in suffering under the violence of empire and the systems harming vulnerable peoples in the planet today. Here are my wounds too. Here are my wounds too. This is the, the solidarity of the human Jesus and the resurrected Christ uh, who continues to abide even deeper with those who are still locked away by breathing the Spirit onto the disciples. Uh, the divine breath of, of Christ uh, is given to the, very to the very people whose breath is being threatened by the violence of empire. Uh, as many of you know, there have been uh, 76 anti-trans bills already passed in 2023, and there are currently, I think, 370 active bills. And it's incredible. I'll, I'll link to, um, to the source of uh, tracking these anti-trans bills and the legislation in the U.S. over the past three years. It is staggering and horrific. And it's imperative for us that we see that the resurrected Christ solidarity isn't on Pentecost, isn't, isn't with the people who are safe and comfortable in churches. But the spirit of, of Christ is uh, with those who are in locked rooms who fear for their lives. So it is the trans community to whom Christ offers Christ's spirit and who becomes the first of a new creation full of her peace and love. It's interesting that Jesus empowers the disciples to go out into the world and forgive. And it's important to, to, to remember that the, the Gospel of John's understanding of sin is, is communal and it's uh, societal. It's about the incorporation of all people and all things into the wider life of Christ. It's, a, it's about the idea of setting a bigger and bigger table. So forgiveness isn't uh, an individual absolution of wrongdoing so you can go to an afterlife as it's often made out in Western Christianity, but it is the work of love in the world, transformation through, through love and solidarity with those who are not seen, who do not have the dignity they de deserve in a particular uh, society who is continuing to diminish them with hierarchies of impression. So we can see forgiveness, forgiveness of sins uh, as the, tr the very transformation of these hierarchies of domination and violence by bringing the spirit of, of peace and love for the liberation of all. So in the context of this story, for the Johannine community, whose hope, breath, and lives have been stifled by the powers of violence, who inflict fear, Jesus gives them the ultimate subversive authority that only God could do, forgive, to, to go out and transform the world with love with hope in a world that is continuing to stifle the breath of life. Here, here's the breath of peace. And so this is a communal call for us today to, to engage with depths of love and justice that the legislators of our world cannot touch with their bigotry. It, it has to be an active response of love uh, to overturning oppressive hierarchies that threaten and stifle the very breath of God in our world. As Thomas Merton would say, love is our destiny, but we do not find the meaning of life by ourselves alone. We find it with each other. This requires uh, something like um, finding the hope to embrace the breath of God with us by being present with those who are considered 
last and lost as Jesus was. I am with you. Peace be with you. Do our lives speak of peace in places where there is fear? St. Francis said that to speak of peace, we must first have it in our hearts. And this is true in the sense that we have peace in our hearts to know Christ's intimate solidarity with our own woundedness, but that has to lead us into a deeper presence. And I'm with you, with those who are marginalized and oppressed in our midst today. So friends, on the day of Pentecost, may we be filled with her spirit so that we may find her peace and her presence is all around us, empowering us to step into our world on behalf of the greater liberation and love for everyone. And as always, as we approach this week, may we love God, embrace beauty, and live life to the fullest. Be well.